When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome in to the CHGO Bears podcast on a rainy, icy, amazing backwards hat Tuesday with a new offensive coordinator, an absent Adam Hogue, a guest coming up from Seattle. Brandon Gustafson's going to break down Shane Waldron in ways that it's never been broken down anywhere else. And the return of Nicholas Moriano and Greg P. Allen Braggs to the show after a day away, I miss both of you. Even though we're remote today, I still feel connected to both of you. Good to see you. Hi. Yeah, the the Chicago winter overreaction strikes again. Um, we're remote basically because of me in a lot of ways. I, I'm home remote with my daughter. She's doing remote learning because her school called off because of the ice. There, Everybody was kind of freaking out about the ice situation uh, last night, but this morning the roads are 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 nice and dry so uh, I, another another over winter overreaction strikes again hogue was right well i'll tell you i almost busted my ass this morning walking out into my parking lot to get to my car so maybe it's better in some places but uh yeah icy conditions uh not fun I could already see, well, I'm glad you survived. I, of course, had none of those things because I'm an elite athlete and everybody knows that. Uh, and whoever just said Cheech in the chat, Mark, the, the P is always my middle name. Um, not me, Mark A. Carmen, Mark Athlete Carmen. Uh, now, you know, so just, 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 just know that, Cheech. And I already see Mubs out there. Where is the real host, Hogue? <laughs> Uh, you know, that's rude and we take offense to that. But listen, I, I believe Adam has uh, this other podcast that he's been doing for about a decade. It's called Hogan Johns. And if you listen to the last episode of Hogan Johns, where they break down Shane Waldron, you are going to have some questions about Shane Waldron. And we here at CHGO Bears just want to celebrate Shane Waldron. So we have suspended Adam Hogue for the day. We're putting that, <laughs> that, that hit piece out there. That hit piece into the ether. So he, he is taking a mandatory day off. And uh, we do miss him greatly. But that was unfortunate. So I don't know, uh, Nick. You know, and, he'll be he'll be back. He'll be back tomorrow. Um, sure about that. We're, sure hope, that. we're hoping. Okay. And then, but then Thursday we're going to be at Midtown Athletic. 
That's right. So Thursday is a huge show for us. We're going to be out at Midtown Athletic Club in Bannockburn. It's off of uh, 43 Waukegan Road, uh, in which is very close to Deerfield, which is very close to Highland Park, which is very close to Vernon Hills, which is very close to Lake Forest, which is very close to uh, my heart because the place is amazing. So listen, you can come out to Midtown. Uh, there are rumors of a happy hour. If there isn't one, I'm buying drinks. If there, uh, if you want to work out um, and hang in the sauna with Braggs, you can do that because uh, he loves the sauna now. And um, yeah, we, bottom line, we'd love to see you at Midtown Athletic Club. Check out the facilities. Um, you know, enjoy the show. Have a cocktail. It's gonna be a great day. Thursday, noon to one. We're also doing the Chicago Sports Podcast from Midtown from three to four. So it's a whole afternoon extravaganza and I uh, hope to see you out there. Everybody. Thank you so much for reminding me on that brags. I got you. I got we have, you. We have new diehards too. Do we not? Yep, we do. Um, Why don't you, can you shout them out, Gregory? Well, let me get, I, wanna, I don't have it right in front of me, but I can find it. Here I do. The, so uh, new diehards. It's uh appreciate everyone who's become a diehard as of late, but our I'm new sorry. ones, Jerome, Michael and Jay. Appreciate everybody who's joined and become a diehard. We're, we're, this community guy is just constantly growing and growing. But Jerome, Michael, and Jay, today's your day. Appreciate you for uh, signing up and becoming diehards. Are you more of a Jerome or a Michael or a Shay? Who's your guy, Nick? Ooh, um, you know, I, I like to think all three are on an equal level. But, you know, I'm, I'm feeling Jerome right now as, as the well, sh- my, my diehard. And you guys can probably pick the other two. I mean, Shay signs up, but Jordan Cornette doesn't. I'm offended. Yeah, no, I, 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 I exactly. I was, I was a little wondering where Jordan was, and you know, Michael. Since Greg just claimed Shay, I'll take you because you're the MJ of today's group. Um, I appreciate the fact that you left MJ slash Michael to me, and we appreciate it. And and look, uh, we try to give you every bit of every value back in the diehard world. And uh, as we continue to build this thing, we need diehards. Uh, it is it is imperative for us to get a community going on here. So we greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate it. If you're enjoying the content and you want to go next level, discount off the market, discount on our events, private access to the Discord where you can hang out with all your diehard Bears fans where myself and Braggs and, and Nick and, and, and Hogue and everybody else pops in there too. So yep. uh, we greatly appreciate it. All right. So everybody hates their offensive coordinator, and that's been moving around. And- well, because did you see the stat uh, Hogue shared with us last night? And somebody put the tweet out that since 2022, every offensive coordinator has has been fired, and there's been a new one since. Like if, if I think Patrick Finley put it out that said that if Luke Getzey had retained his job, he would have been the longest tenured offensive coordinator in the NFL. And that just goes to show you the turnover and to your point that the OC is always the one that gets thrown under the bus. Well, right. And so in a game, let's call it, there's say 80 plays. And then after the, you know, and everyone's going to hone in on the fourth and one or the third and two. And why (laughs) did you do this? Why didn't you do that? And I get it. That's fair. That is why they get paid the money get they get paid and that's why they're in that position but it also you tend to miss the whole big picture nick i haven't heard i, I know that i think you like the hire of shane but what was your since we haven't heard your actual take on it what, what did you think of the bears decision to land on waldron yeah so just as i was doing my research and trying to keep up with all the guys they requested to interview he was my number one guy 
And I think the reason why, when you look at what he's done in Seattle and then just obviously coming from Los Angeles too, like I liked how he used all three of the main targets on that team. When you look at DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, all those guys could have been a primary target on any given play. He liked to use some of those guys just to set other guys up. So I liked how he would, you know, just kind of arrange his playmakers to put them in advantageous situations. But like with any offensive coordinator and like what we were just talking about with the turnover with guys, like there are areas where they can be better. And for Shane Waldron, that's going to be in the red zone in some third down situations. But for what he can do when he has weapons, I mean, that should be encouraging to Bears fans now that he is, the, well, will be the offensive coordinator for the Bears is that when the Bears do eventually add more weapons, you know that you have a guy in Shade Walden that's going to be creative. He's going to try to put him in advantageous situations, not just obviously you want to get DJ more involved as much as you can in any given play, game plan against any opponent, but you need to have other guys as well. So I, I anticipate Cole Komet to see more of a usage there. And then obviously when they add another wide receiver, so Shane Waldron, I think is a guy that I, he knows how to utilize weapons. And that's what I think is going to be a benefit for the bears. And when we get, I think one of the first questions he's going to be asked when, whenever he gets introduced is like, why did, the Seattle Seahawks struggle at times in the red zone or in third down situations and go back to your point, Mark, like that's what we hone in on. That's the parts that we highlight because those are the most important plays in the game, but there are other plays obviously throughout a game that lead you to those situations where Shane Waldron has shown that he can be successful. So there's going to be a mixed bag with every offense coordinator, but for the most part, what he can do and what he's going to bring to Chicago, I do like the hire. I'm going to continue to sort of just play devil's advocate here today. And, and let me be clear as I do this, I'm on board with the hire. This was the top guy on their list. As I said yesterday, I mean, you look at who's hired him. Bill Belichick hired him at the start as, and he got himself going. All right. And then Sean McVay hired him. And then Pete Carroll hired him made him the offensive coordinator. And then you look what he did. Journeyman, done, out of the league. No one's thinking about him, Geno Smith. He makes him the NFL comeback player of the year. Now, if you listen to some people talking out of Seattle, I love Brandon Gustin, who covers the Seahawks um, at the bottom of the hour here, or midway point of the podcast, I should say. This isn't a radio show. But, you know, look, some people saying, like, look, a lot of that was on Geno maturing, and Pete Carroll gave him a ton of confidence, and Shane gets some part of it. But, look, he's also, you know, you got DK Metcalf over there. Uh, you know, you got Tyler Lockett over there. And as so, you know, he had – there was a lot of like, – what were the reasons why he got unlocked? Seattle people don't necessarily point – well, it was Shane Waldron. Like, that's not what they're saying. Um, and then, you know, this year he was middle of the road, but just playing devil's advocate here. Do you think, cause we're trying to get somebody who can work with Justin, at least in theory, that's how it seems. And, or if they draft Caleb or Drake, may let's throw it all in there. Let's change that narrative just a little bit. Cause we'll put Drake in there. Do you think that that is the right move to get a guy in here who can do you know, is maybe can maybe is not elite with this particular style, like if you're drafting Caleb, say, but is somebody who could do both versus like 
I like this guy for this quarterback. We're drafting him. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to throw caution to the wind on anything else. I'm all in on this dude coaching that guy so we can get all the way to the Super Bowl. Does any, is that, is that thought across anyone's mind? Well, I think, you know, for Shane, you want what, what Matty Refluce always talks about is that you want the best teacher. So regardless of the skill set that you have, whether it's, you know, Justin Fields, Caleb Williams, or now we'll enter Jake May- Drake May into the conversation, he's going to get the most out of any one of those three guys. So I think that was, um, you know, one of the many factors that led the Bears to going the route of Shane Waldron. But it's also, you know, the retaining Chris Morgan, too, I think was a, an indication of where the Bears wanted to go still with this offense, with this wide zone scheme. And you get a guy that's been a part of that from the McVay tree. So I think that's what it, you know, a big part of it comes down to there, Mark, is that you got, you want a good teacher. So regardless of what the Bears decision at the quarterback position is, and we won't know that until, you know, a couple of months, that still puts the Bears in a position to be successful with their offense because you, you hopefully got a guy in Shane Waldron that can teach any one of those guys and get the most out of them. Well, my biggest question, Nick, is, you know, yeah, we want an offensive coordinator that can adapt. My biggest gripe with Matt Nagy and Luke Getze is they only knew one way to run an offense. And the best offensive coordinators know how to, you know, adapt to the the strengths of their players. And 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 I prefer coaches that have been around different systems. And that's the one thing I like about this. He had this, this guy, Shane Waldron has experienced play calling. He's coached under Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, Sean McVay. Those are, you know, that's good to spread it around and, and be around those kind of football minds. But my question is with Shane Waldron, if they're going to keep Justin Fields and let's just keep the whole um, debate open on what they're going to decide where like has there been evidence in Shane Waldron's offense that he's called plays with a guy like Justin Fields I feel like the answer is no because not many quarterbacks are like Justin Fields but the whole point like yesterday with Herb Howard talking about well he could be Lamar Jackson well if he's if he can be like Lamar Jackson in this offense I have to expect Shane Waldron to adjust to what Justin Fields does great what makes him special what makes Lamar Jackson special? So how do I know that Shane Waldron can execute an offense that I haven't seen him run on tape? Like, how, like I'm, it's it's an asset to have a weapon like Justin, but how how can I figure out if this is going to work with a guy that has never called plays with a player like Justin? Again, I think for a guy like Russell Wilson, he also has that ability to improvise on, on certain plays, get outside the pocket. So I think with, with Shane, if let's say Justin Fields was still his quarterback, I think you'd have more of those plays where he's going to bootleg, get outside the pocket, half field reads, but still this offense is predicated on getting the ball out on time. And that's what you saw with, Geno Smith. That's what you saw with Russell Wilson. And it does, you do need to have that ability to have those anticipatory throws. And 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 I'm not even and I'm not even taught like I think that he could Shane Waldron could elevate Justin Fields in the passing game with what you mentioned getting under center play action roll out mm-hmm. half field read three tiers low middle deep and they were one of the best deep ball passing teams you know ranked in the league with um the statistically that that Brad Spielberger put out that's what Justin does well but my question is like Lamar Jackson they do a lot of designed runs they do a lot of th- like of that nature and when he's coached Jared Goff, 
you know, Matt Stafford, Russell Wilson, Geno Smith, Drew Locke, John Wolford. These guys aren't. So there's never, he's never had an offense where there's the foundation of, well, we're the Justin's going to be the threat to run. I mean, there's RPO, but then there's also got to be designed runs within that. Wouldn't you think? Yeah, for sure. And I think it, it would just, I, for me, I think it would just be an asset to what they, uh, what they, what their main fundamentals are, because I don't think you're going to have an entire offense devoted to really trying to get your quarterback as heavily involved as we've seen here in Chicago in the run game, but it is an asset to what the main core concepts of what this offense should be. So I think for Shane Waldron, like, like you were kind of saying, Greg, most of the quarterbacks he's worked with don't have that component, but he is creative. Like you're seeing a lot of these things where he's doing stuff with 13 personnel, where you have three tight ends on the field, where he's looking to get guys that are not DK Metcalf, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Tyler Lockett involved, but utilize other guys. So for me, I would think that, if you do get an athletic quarterback like Justin Fields now a part of your offense, you make it complementary to what your core is. And still, you want to make sure you're hitting enough of it throughout a game plan. It's going to be very specific to who they're playing for the opponent. But those RPOs now, I think you would see more times than not that Justin might just keep it because he's capable of doing that as opposed to some of the other quarterbacks he's coached. So for me, it would be just a complement to it. But you want to just make sure you get that balance of, Hey, I want to make sure I'm getting the most out of a guy like Justin Fields, but also we still need to run our offense. What, what the core concepts of it are. Makes sense. All right. Yeah. So look, uh, I mean, just a reminder as we kind of unravel this thing, you know, when Luke gets, when Luke gets, he came here, we were real. I mean, if we were really excited, right. We stole him from the Packers. Look at who he's worked with. He's got McVay in his history. He's got Matt LaFleur. He, he's, you know, he, he's been working with Rodgers. He's been picking the mind of the greatest quarterback or one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Shout out, Packers. You're out of the playoffs. Uh, you know, all, all those things. And his first year here, the guy to my right, the, the one I'm looking at this, was terrified that Luke Getze was going to, end up as a head coach somewhere. And a year later, he was the I worst. Fire, I've fired him four times on our postgame shows. Right. <laughs> right. Uh and and, and I I'm, I'm 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 just I'm saying all this to 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 just just to underline ultimately you this is still a Ryan Poles production and he's got to get it right. If he gets this offseason right, Shane Waldron most likely is going to be in line to be a head coach somewhere. And if he doesn't get it right, then we're going to be screaming that they blew the hire, that everything that people are saying in Seattle about he's not great on short yardage plays. He's, he's iffy in the red zone. Look at the third down conversion. It's not that it's, it's, it's below league average. All there's a lot of that coming out of Seattle right now. And, but like nationally, this was the dude. Holy shit. Pete Carroll and the Seahawks have decided to part ways. Shane Waldron's available. That should be the guy the Bears go after. The Bears going after him. The Saints supposedly were going to be in there. The Raiders were going to be in there. I think the Commanders too. And so the, the Bears apparently just, you know, when, once they got nervous about it, here's the offer, dude. Take it. Let's go. Um, 
And so, I mean, and I give the Bears a ton of credit here. Identified a guy that other people are identified, got in front of it, got him hired, <clears throat> and, you know, checks off a lot of boxes. But Well, I, I mean, I guess- that when you're asking, like, what's the difference? So the, they could be the same. And and when you listen to Hogan John's podcast yesterday with um, uh, the reporter from Seattle from The Athletic, who I thought was, was really um, – did a good job. Just very knowledgeable and and it was is really good reminded insight. Me, reminded me of myself. Yeah, I that's exactly what I was thinking when he was talking. I, I was th- like, this is just you. like Carm. I, I thought so. Very, yeah, for sure. Well. Yeah. Uh, and so yeah, there's certainly alarms that ring off when somebody that is that close to it starts saying things that are remind you of what we talk about here. Situational play calling like Nick mentioned red zone running the ball. You know, we haven't really talked about how much he predicates running the ball. I mean, he said, you know, um, you know, uh, what was one of the running backs? He said that only got like 10 carries on the year uh, DJ Dallas. Right. Yeah. Yep. And, yep. and so that, that guy's got a little scoot to him, but to only have 10 carries, you know, that's obviously I'm sure Dallas wasn't that thrilled with that. So, those are things Matt Nagy refused to run the ball at times. I can remember a game where he only ran it seven times with his running backs in a loss to the saints, you know, in a winnable game, Luke Getzey's had his problems in situational play calling, but the difference is Mark to your question is, you know, he has play calling experience. He has a history with different quarterbacks, Russell Wilson from Russell Wilson to Jared Goff to Matt Stafford to reclamating Geno Smith. Luke Getze came from one system and came from Aaron Rodgers. Like you're not developing Aaron Rodgers. You're not calling plays with Aaron Rodgers. You know, uh, Matt LaFleur was, and, and if you've read anything from green Bay, it didn't sound like Aaron Rodgers listened to much of what Matt LaFleur wanted to do either. Aaron was doing what he wanted to do, you know? And so to me, that's the difference is this is a guy that has been around the league, has a resume of development. You know, Matt Nagy was the same way. He came from Kansas city. He was like, you know, uh, a real estate agent and Andy Reed brought him into his coaching staff. All he knows is Andy Reed. All he knows is Patrick Mahomes. You know what I mean? Like that, that that's the problem. Then you come in here. This is a problem when we had back in the day with Mike Martz, when he first came in and I can remember players saying, you know, Matt, Mike Martz is trying to run the Rams offense with the bears personnel and it didn't work for a while. And then they finally started to get it right. Uh, so, you know, it, that's, that's the difference. This guy has more of a resume with different coaches and different quarterbacks across the league to hope that he can acclimate to the personnel that he has here. couple of tidbits on him. Uh, and I think I, I agree with what you're saying, Greg, that's, that was, the most exciting part to me that this dude's worked with a lot of guys. Uh, but he's also, he was a long snapper and a tight end at Tufts university. Shout out Hogue. He, when he was at Notre Dame, one of the players was former Cub and former white Sox Jeff Samarja. And he coached Josh McCown in the United football league. By the way, I put this out in Twitter. Amazing tweet by at the car. I think you should follow me. Um, because I come up with these amazing nuggets. But Josh McCown was out front this year doing a video breaking down and like saying, like, look at the great job that Shane Waldron's doing. So they have this history, and McCown went to bat for him. It's I think it was part of the reason, at least, that you know, this it got into the ether. This is the this is a guy, this is a dude. And and now, of course, he's the Bears um offensive coordinator. 
back up from the mic a touch. All right, I will do that, Gregory. Thank you very much. Should I turn? Now, I, was, I just sent the same message. And I and honestly, I was doing this last night on Bears After Dark, so it, that's the only reason I'm I'm paying attention to it a little more. Is uh, we're all a little hot here, so I need to back up too, because you know. You know, is, poor is Nick. He's got it too. With deal with two of the biggest mouths in Chicago sports media here today. Is is it better now? I turned down the gain just to drop. Is that better? There you go. Yeah, there, that's you're better. doing it. You're right. doing it. Outstanding. Well, while, while I'm sounding good, let me tell you about Circa. Uh, you need to be gambling at Circa Sportsbook games. They play the best way. The Circa Sports menu. When you look at it, they're striving for the minus one ten split. They're giving you as much money as they possibly can, putting the money in your pocket, not theirs. Gambling with Circa, you know what happens if you're a if you're a big limit player, you're not limited at Circa. High the 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 every player same limits. So you want to come in there with the big bankroll like a Gregory C. Allen Braggs, you can do that too. Although I'm I think. P is better for you. Also, you know, real people behind the Circa sports brand who resolve issues and uh, any problems that you have at Circa, which you're not going to have, they will take care of and you will feel like you are touched by the best in the business. Download the Circa Sports Illinois app at circusports.com slash Illinois dash app. Sign yourself up today. Problem gambling? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or text G-A-M-B to 833-234 or visit areyoureallywinning.com. After you check out Circa, you have to check out Empire, everybody. With Empire today, you get shop at home convenience, the right product for your needs, quick and professional installation, and a low price guarantee. Empire today is the best place to get new flooring. So, of course, they're going to have some copycats, but they can't beat Empire on the quality service speed. So they advertise low quality products that they simply won't carry. They won't promise the lowest prices, but because anyone who does that is putting flooring in your home, that wouldn't put theirs but wouldn't put flooring in theirs. And they keep shopping for floors simple with a curated product selection. That's what you're going to get with Empire. And because Empire's philosophy is to help you find what you need, not overwhelm you with thousands of choices and substitutes, what they leave out on the selection floor is important as what they put in. And look, they have this virtual floor designer, which is awesome because you can see those new floors in the space that you want to put new floors. It's easy. All you do is you snap a picture and instantly you see the new floors that uh, and how they'll kind of look in your room. And it's a really good and convenient uh, little perk there. So you have to try it out. And you can schedule a free in-home estimate today. All listeners can receive a $350 discount when they use a promo code CHGO. Restrictions apply. See empiredecay.com slash CHGO for details. All righty, ready, 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 right. Let me... Uh... Well, actually, our guest is here, so let me let me do that. And Gregory P. Allen Braggs is back, so that's very exciting. Uh, Brandon Gustafson does a great job covering the Seattle Seahawks, and he's taking time out of his busy schedule today. I I first met Brandon via text yesterday from Seattle Sports, uh, and 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 he didn't respond to me. And I'm like, where is this guy? He doesn't want to come on the show. He hates he hates the show. He's like, oh come on. And he's like, and, and and he's like, I you know, hey, my day off, I stay away from my phone, which is a tremendous move by you, Brandon. I'm shouting you out. I, I love how you live your life, and I don't even know you. So thank you, thank you for hey, making appreciate- time for us. Yeah. yeah hey, hey, anytime. Glad to be here. <laughs> so well, you come highly recommended, and we're you know we're having the Shane Waldron conversation, obviously. Right. People are super excited about it here in Chicago. People have a different view of him in Seattle. Do you think the Bears made a good hire here? Let's start at the top. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think Shane's a really solid coach. I think he's a really solid dude as well. Um, I, I'm really interested to see how he does in an environment where potentially he doesn't have as much maybe meddling, I guess is the word I would use. Pete Carroll was mm -hmm. definitely known for being a meddler on the offensive side of the ball, whether it was Shane, Brian Schottenheimer before him, Daryl Bevel. A lot of times it would be a thing where things would work really, really well and they would kind of empower these coordinators and then there'd be a game or two where everything just kind of goes sideways and then Pete would pull the rug and be like, hey, I don't like that anymore. We're not doing that anymore. You know, whether it was the let Russ cook stuff, otherwise other stuff under Shane. So seeing Shane be able to just go operate his system, especially if he's able to help choose who their quarterback of the future is, I think it's going to be really interesting to follow. Well, I don't. Yeah, I'm sorry. So, so Pete called him out after a game too, right? Hey, we need to get the ball to the tight end more. We we need to use you know, he 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 literally. I mean, we the same thing happened here. By the way, Matt Eberflus and Luke Getzey. We need to do this more. Right. So I mean, it was uh, he made it public. Yeah, I mean, Pete's not really known for doing that a whole lot. That's usually a thing that he does when he's especially ticked off, I guess, <laughs> is is actually kind of naming dudes or, or making that clear. But, I mean, uh, you, you look at this past season, it's just – and, again, I don't know if this was Shane. I don't know if it was Pete. They, they just – they didn't have an identity for, for their offense. They – last year in 2022, they were known for two, three tight end personnel. They ran the ball a ton. They did a ton of play action. This past year, they draft Jackson Smith and Jigba 20th overall. Hey, we're going to do a bunch of three receiver sets. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And the offensive line stunk. They were really beat up. The interior of their line was like never the same for any game. Their two tackles missed to combine like 13 games. That's definitely a valid excuse. But when you look at it, there was just there was no commitment to the run game. All this tight end stuff that they utilized in 2022 went totally out the window. It was just a totally different offense. And the other thing I would bring up is first half, those scripted plays. They were awesome at starting games. Once they got out of those first 15, 20 plays, however many it was, that's when you kind of saw the wheels start to fall off a little bit. And again, injuries to the offensive line, inconsistent run game, things of that nature. Definitely, definitely played a role in that. But boy, it was uh, it was interesting to follow. But you're triggering Bears fans right now because <laughs> honestly, you're setting off a ton of red flags. I mean, right. what you just said, everything you just said there described the Bears last year's offense. Good script coming out the game. Bears are one of the best teams last year, the last two years, scoring on their opening drive, so much so the team started uh wanting to take the ball to start the game just to keep the Bears, you know, not having the ball. Uh bad in situational play calling. Not an emphasis, you know, back to the naggy days, no emphasis on running the football. So we, right. we've been through a couple play callers that have had similar issues here, you know, and, and this is a question I asked to Nick and that this is what I want to post to you. Well, Justin Fields is a running, you know, is a guy that is going to beat you with his legs as much as he's going to beat you with his arms. Lamar Jackson's about to win his second MVP because of the dual threat ability he possesses he might win a super bowl this year and for a lot of bears fans we feel like well hey if the right coordinator can get him right he could be lamar jackson you hear that from a lot of bears fans well if this how how confident should we be that he's going to find that avenue find that lane for justin if you're telling me that he gave up on running the football last year. Right. And I, yeah, it's, it's a really good question. And the running aspect, like from a quarterback thing is so interesting because I think that was part of his appeal for leaving McVay with the Rams to come to Seattle was at the time, 
we didn't realize Russ was kind of washed, right? His first year in 2021 was the year that Russ finally got hurt. He broke his finger. He rushed his way back. He kind of stunk. You never actually saw what Shane was trying to do with a more mobile quarterback. Gino's not a more mobile quarterback. Gino can move, but Gino's one of those guys that's going to operate within the pocket. So we haven't actually seen Shane have that ability with a true dual threat guy like a Justin Fields. And I think it, I, if you're looking for the positive, I would look we at need the 2022. <laughs> look at the Seahawks 2022 season. They were so bounced, 13th in yards, 12th pass, top 10 points, right? Those are, those are kind of the things that I think Shane, at the end of the day, all three of these years really wanted to do, whether it was injury, whether it was Pete, whether it was this, that, or the other, you know, in and out quarterback play in 2021, they weren't able to do that. That was a, a big, big part of it. And then this year, just for whatever reason, injuries notwithstanding, they just kind of got away from from actually running the football with their backs. Brandon, when you look back at this 2023 season for the Seahawks, if you had to identify a game for Bears fans to go watch to highlight what Shane Waldron does best, what, what game would you tell them to go look at? Uh, this, this past season, week two against Detroit. They were awesome. They that was the best game probably Gino played this year. If if it wasn't that, it was Dallas. They they played really close against Dallas in primetime. I know a lot of people saw that. And it's just, you know, the defense was on the field for 11 drives. One of them was a kneel down, and the other one was CD Lamb dropped the wide open pass. Like the defense wasn't stopping anybody that day. You probably could have passed for 400 yards that day. So uh th those are two games I think this year that if you were looking at just like, hey, here's Gino really letting it rip. Here's here's Shane maybe at his best from a especially from a passing perspective. That's probably it. If you go back to 2022. The, there was a game against the Chargers. It was Kenneth Walker's first game really as the starting back. Rashad Penny had gotten hurt before that, and, and that was Ken Walker's kind of breakout party. That was another really, really good game for Shane in the run game and everything like that. You watch these games, and, and, and you know you can see the McVay tree. You can say, see the success that they have, but then there are other games where it just looks like a completely different offense. And again, I don't know whether that's Pete. I don't know whether that's Shane getting in his own head and being like, oh, well, now the defense stinks. We need to go do this. Or, oh, we had three and out this last drive. We need to get it all back i don't know how much of that is like a pete versus shane thing but there are definitely flashes where you looked at them and it's like man this has the makings of top five top 10 offense absolutely they just didn't always go that way super chats coming in for you brandon you're making us money uh keep on going here if you, if you, if you like 4.99 from football cf candy brandon how much of seattle struggles in the red zone more likely pass attempts were due to o-line problems Highest PF every grade was, was 58. CF Candy, you're, we should pay you for this. these numbers. Uh, EPA high on, on, the, on first and second. Well, how would you respond to that? Yeah, the, the O-line, again, the, you know, Charles Cross was their first-round pick in 2022. He missed basically five or six of the first few games. Abe Lucas, another standout rookie from their 2022 class, he missed more than half the season. The, the interior of the line was mm -hmm. just mix and match. And I think also, again, the – the run game was just such a non-factor even getting down to the red zone it wasn't always like hey we're on the three four yard line we're going to pound it in they're getting to the eight nine yard line and they're not able to do anything i'd also go back to the tight ends and shane waldron if you don't know he that was kind of his bread and butter he was the rams tight end coach before he was a pass game coordinator before he came up to seattle that's such a big part of their game this past year and then this year you know they'd give colby parkinson who's six six with go-go gadget arms they'd give him a look they, they, he had the game-winning touchdown against Tennessee, and it's like, where's that been? Why are you not utilizing this guy more in the passing game, whether it's red zone, whether it's to, to move the chains? So there's there's a lot of mix-and-match aspects of it. I just, for whatever reason, outside of DK Metcalf, it just didn't feel like they did a really good job getting their top playmakers involved. He was really the only guy I thought that kind of flourished this year on the offensive side. 
So, I, yeah, go, go ahead, Greg. Mark. I, no, it's okay. Wait, you, <laughs> you, Greggy, you. Because yeah, I, yeah. I, well, well I, I think for me now, all right, we got our offensive coordinator. Good on first down. Good getting out the gates. You know, he's got to get better on third down. Got to get better in short yardage or red zone, running the ball. Okay, check, check, check. Who's going to be his quarterback coach? Because, like, <laughs> is it Greg Olson? I, I think a lot of Bears fans are hoping for that. Uh, the carryover from Seattle, you know, like for me, depending on what the bears do here, I mean, Justin Fields still needs some developing to uh, get to the level. Uh, you know, we all think he's capable of, but if they also draft a quarterback, uh, you know, a lot of us have our eye on Caleb Williams. Drake may is also on the table. You know, to me, this quarterback coach is such an essential hire because, you know, Shane Waldron's going to have his hands full doing everything else we've just discussed. We need a guy in here that's sole focus is to, you know, be in, you know, this quarterback's pocket and elevate him to a level that we've never seen here in Chicago at the quarterback position. Yeah, Greg is obviously a a veteran guy, been around a long time, really, really well-liked, well-respected. We only had him for the one year up here, um, and that's because for a long time, Seattle's quarterback coach was Dave Canales, who's obviously been doing great things with with Tampa Bay this past year as their first year OC. So Greg would make a lot of sense, especially being kind of that that older guy. Waldron is still one of those kind of younger offensive-minded coaches, Shanahan Tree working with McVay, having kind of that older, you know, maybe not grizzled, because I don't think Greg really comes across as a grizzled guy, but having that, again, like that kind of older veteran presence to pair with with Waldron and whoever that young quarterback is, whether it's Fields, Caleb, Drake May, whoever, I think definitely makes a lot of sense basically it sounds like seattle's whole coaching staff is going to turn over the the, the, whoever this new coach is is basically going to bring in all their guys they told everybody at the offset like hey go interview for jobs we're we're not going to stop you we're not going to block you so uh, i i think greg got a few looks for for offensive coordinator as well but if he doesn't land anywhere i think he'd be a really really good fit just being that veteran presence with that kind of experience to pair with shane I mean, you, you basically Randy, just asked her, asked her, but Kevin O'Reilly, 499, anyone who you see following Shane to Chicago, fingers crossed that guy would be better than Getsy bringing along Lucas Patrick. Do you, any, any, how would you add on to that part? Yeah. Of yeah. He's asking for personnel wise players that would come over from Seattle. Yeah. Um, they don't have a ton of free agents hitting the market this year. Obviously, you know, with, with the new coach and whatever, and they're kind of right up against the cap. You could obviously see some guys move on, but I know we've kind of talked a lot about tight ends, but Noah Fant, who obviously is well-known, former first-round pick, he was a big part of the Russell Wilson trade. He and Colby Parkinson are both hitting free agency. Uh, those were would be two guys, you know, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. Those guys are all going to stay put. Their two running backs are in their first or second year this past year. I look at the tight ends, definitely, especially because that's just kind of Waldron's background. I think Colby Parkinson is a guy who, being, you know, 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, long, uh, really physical. He gained a lot of weight. He's been a much better blocker. He was always just kind of put into that number three tight end role, having him as an actual passing aspect of your offense. And again, whether it's, whether it's fields or whoever these guys are, I mean, having a guy that's six, 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 seven, whether it's red zone, first downs, whatever it is, like that's a really, really intriguing thing. And it was always really surprising that they never put him on the field more. Well, I think, you know, you know, we're planning on, you know, drafting a bunch of future hall of famers at our skill position (laughs) stuff. So, So Brandon, I think what we're, we're really looking at is, you know, Evan Brown, the center, we had a tough time at center. I know you guys have a couple guards that might be available. You said yeah. the offensive line play wasn't good. So should we be steering clear of the center Evan Brown coming over from Seattle? Cause we need the, the bar of being better at center in Chicago is pretty low. 
Not no Brown. Brown's solid. Brown was one of the few guys that was kind of. I think he played fourteen or fifteen games. He 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 only missed a little bit of time. I think the guard play was a lot worse. Phil Haynes was kind of their starting right guard. He ended up missing out the season. I'd probably steer clear of Phil Haynes, but I mean Evan Brown, especially being a guy that has a lot of NFC North experience. He came from Detroit this past year. I could see that making a lot of sense. I mean, you could do a lot worse at center than Evan Brown. I think, you know, is he going to be a top 10 center in the league? No, but he's, he's not going to be bottom 10. He's just a really solid middle of the pack center. And it can also play some guard for you too. He, he played, he did play a lot of guard. So, I mean, if you like him more at guard, he's somebody that I think is going to have a pretty decent market this year. For, for the record, this is what they sold us with Lucas Patrick coming with Luke Getzey from Green <laughs> Bay. And then we proceeded to drive him to the airport here. This right. offseason. Go ahead. <laughs> Brandon, I mean, we're hearing like these mixed results with Shane and what he can provide as an offensive coordinator. And you said he was solid, but what what is what is your your gauge of what the Seahawks fan base is kind of thinking with him moving on? I know a lot of the coaches are now just going and looking for jobs, but what what is it like the if you had to summarize Shane Waldron? Good, bad, just solid. Is that really what it, what it comes down to? Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely you know it's middle of the pack, but it's more good than bad. Uh, and because again, when 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 it was really humming, it was really really impressive. And there were a lot of things, especially this past year, that kind of did work against him. You know, a lot, I think a lot of times with offensive coordinators that are on the way out, whether they're getting fired or going somewhere else, I think a lot of people would use the word polarizing. Like Shane wasn't mm-hmm. polarizing because I think people, especially because Pete was here for 14 seasons, like people kind of knew that at some point Pete was going to step in for better or worse. And I think that a lot of times these past three years, we did see that. So, you know, I don't think it's a thing where people are like, Oh no, we don't have Shane Waldron anymore. Like what, what a loss, but it's not anything where I think the majority of the fan base or people that follow the team are like, Oh, thank God or good riddance. Like that guy's gone. I mean, I think he's just a really solid offensive coordinator who, if he's able to kind of just instill what he wants to do and not feel like he's going to get undermined at the drop of a hat when like one little thing goes bad. I think that he's someone that can do really, really well in this league long-term. All right. Just picking under rocks for five more seconds here with you, Brandon, the Geno Smith became the comeback player of the year because blank. How would you fill that out? Uh, they ran the ball really well. <laughs> they ran the ball really well and used play action. And Gino is another one of those guys who I think really thrives in play action. Even this past year, I think that the only guys that were better on play action than Geno Smith were Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, if I'm remembering right. He was top three, top five play action, straight dropbacks. He was like bottom five. And again, that's something Shane wants to do and has wanted to do, with whether it was him or Pete or by design, whatever it was, they got away from that a lot this past year. But Again, if if Shane Waldron is getting that run game going and actually utilizing play action, that offense really, really clicks at a high level. In a, in a press conference, last one, Berg, in, in a press conference, Shane Waldron is blank. Uh, he's forthright. He's, you know, he's blunt. He's he's not someone like we have a whole thing where we would call it parsing Pete because Pete would say one thing and it's like, what does he actually mean by that? I mean, it was a whole thing. It was like, okay, let's read between the lines. You're like, Oh wait, he's actually really mad at this guy. If we think about it from this perspective, Shane's not that Shane, Shane's pretty open, honest, you know, he's going to, he's not somebody that's going to throw guys under the bus and tell it, tell, you know, tell it how it is in that sense. But he's just going to be like, yeah, I mean, we were 28th in rushing last year. That's not good enough. You know, it starts with me. He's that kind of guy. He points the finger at himself. Like he's not somebody that's going to throw throw anybody under the bus but yeah press conference he's not going to be like some mystical guy like pete where you're trying to figure out what he's actually trying to say 
All right. So you're, you're out of Washington university of Washington. And yes, you know, we, we talk so much about the number one pick here in Chicago that I think a lot of bears fans forget. We also have the number nine pick. How much, how much, excuse me, how much of a home run would Roma Dunze be for the bears oh at my nine? God. Rome is so good, man. <laughs> Rome is one of the craziest college guys I've ever seen in my life. Because if you just go watch these games and watch his highlight tape, every like 80% of his catches are contested. Like this guy's a contested catch. God, he's six threes, two fifteen, two twenty. He's going to run high four threes probably. And I think it was something where 75, 80% of his catches were either for first downs or touchdowns. Like that's all the guy did was move the chains. And, and whether it was, you know, on screen passes, whether it was those contested 50, 50 balls, like he would be at nine. If he's there, that that's a home run, man. I mean, you pair that guy with DJ Moore, you're having two legit number one type receivers for, for Caleb, for Drake, for, for Justin, whoever that guy is. And yeah, at, at nine, I don't think he's going to get to nine personally, but if he was there, I mean, I would be running that card in really fast. Brandon, would you say too, for, for Shane Waldron to run his offense the way he wants to, they needs a big X receiver like a Roma dune. So you saw DK Metcalf and you have some, obviously Jack Smith and Jigba, Tyler Lockett, but do you think that would obviously help what Shane Waldron wants to do having a big X receiver like that? I mean, it, it helps for sure. I, I don't think it's some super necessary thing because there were times less so this year, but more so the first two years that he was here where a lot of the offense ran through not just the tight ends, but Tyler Lockett. Right. Like, mm -hmm. so it, it doesn't have to be, you know, that big traditional X type receiver. It's super nice to have a guy that's six, four and two forty and runs four, two, four, three. Uh, but it, it's, you know, I, would I say that that's like a necessary aspect to his offense? No, but it's definitely a nice luxury to have that guy that can actually like kind of be big and stretch the field and go after those 50, 50 balls. One last one real, real quick. Carm. I'm sorry. Gosh, dang. Lawrence is going to kill me. One last one because <laughs> Yeah, I'd be remiss if I don't attempt to push my Caleb Williams agenda that Bears fans think I'm trying to do on this show. But you are a Pac-12 guy, right? Washington fan. You've you you told us so much here about our new offensive coordinator. So I'll ask you: Do you think Caleb Williams is a good fit for the Bears and with Shane Waldron, or would you stick with Fields or draft Drake May? I'm 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 low on Drake May, and I'm sure that Chicago fans are probably not super thrilled about the prospect of another UNC quarterback after uh, after Mitch <laughs> Trubisky. So, it would be terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, I think Caleb being a guy that that can move a little bit, like is Caleb a scrambler? No, but Caleb's a guy that that throws well on the run, manipulates the pocket. I do think that's a part of the game that that Shane really does want. I love Justin Fields. I'm a big Justin Fields guy. I, you know, just because you have the number one pick, I don't feel like you have to move on from that guy. Um, I think that of the two, just kind of on the surface, just because I haven't seen Shane actually work with a true running quarterback, I would think that Caleb's probably the better fit. And I also understand probably wanting to get that contract just because it is obviously cheaper for longer and that that can definitely help you in the short term. Uh, I, I don't think that Justin's a bad fit, but I think just kind of based on a lot of the stuff Caleb did at USC and then what Shane has done these past three years in particular, I, I would probably lean him having the edge over Justin just from a fit perspective. Okay. SeattleSports.com at Seattle Sports at the B Gustafson. If you want to follow Brandon on Twitter, because you should. Uh, hit the like button for him, too. This has been a great uh, time talking to you here, Brandon. Last one. Offensive coordinators, they come to Chicago. With the exception of Adam Gase, who didn't die immediately, they come here to die. That's what we do. It doesn't end well. You, you don't, you don't, uh, you know, there is no elevator to the top floor and being a head coach. Very, very rare, with the exception of Gase. Do you think that 
that Shane ultimately is going to be a head coach in the NFL? I do. Um, and whether, you know, I think a big part of that too is just teams are so they're so hung up on the idea of like, Hey, we need to find that young offensive guy. And there was the years where it's like the cliff Kingsbury press release. That's like, he's friends with Sean McVay, right? Like that still does hold water a little bit. I think him coming from the Shanahan tree, he coached under Mike in Washington for a few years and then working under McVay. I think that will help him a bit. I think that this year put, you know, took a little bit out from under that because Seattle's offense was so inconsistent and the run game kind of went away, but entering this year I mean I don't think he got any head coaching interviews last year at least I don't remember but he was someone who kind of entering this year a lot of people thought he was kind of working his way up there so I think at some point he does definitely get a look I, I think there's enough kind of going for him that that at some point he'll at the very least get some strong consideration Brandon great stuff man really appreciate you making time I know there's always a zillion offers out there to do these things so it, it can, it can <laughs> yeah we problem. really appreciate it good hey stuff. yeah no problem guys appreciate it take care Yep. Be good, Brandon. Thanks a lot. Brandon Gustafson. Uh, I enjoyed that. That was awesome. He was really s strong. Reminds me of you, Greg, and you, Nick. And <laughs> I never have to clear my throat 23 hours a day. And then every time we do a show, I it starts happening. It, I don't know what's yep. happening to me. It's called, it's called, it's called you have bad <laughs> habits. As I haven't, uh, that's you, true. I had, I did. I've only smoked one cigar in like the last two weeks, but that's a fair assessment. Somebody else said drink wa more water. That's a fair assessment. I got the meal water. Does that count or does that not count? No, all I, no, all it I counts. Say, it's still water. Uh, that right. counts. But uh, every time around you, right before the show starts, you do this, this clearing thing. You sound horrendous. Have you, when's well, the last yeah, time? Cause it's like in my, the it's in my head now. I I'm telling you 23 hours out of the day. I don't clear my throat. But then when we start the show, I start getting nervous about it. And then it like, I start thinking about it and it's almost like I manifest this happening to me. So let I me have, ask, let me ask you a question. When's the last time you went to the doctor? <laughs> <laughs> When's the last time you had a physical? I only go when it's an emergency. So okay. well, uh, you know, like three years okay. ago when yeah, I had okay. a, all right. All right. Well, 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 okay. So that's not a good plan in life. We're going to do an intervention on the air right now. Uh, and I hate to be super negative right now, Gregory, but mm -hmm. uh, one of the guys who was in our chat um, and you saw the day that it happened and I ended up missing the show. One of my best buddies from youngster away, not to throw all the terror out here, but 50 years old, you know, just, just dropped dead of a heart attack out of nowhere. And he hated going to the doctor. And I love him to the end of the earth, and I miss him every single day. So I'm going to make it a thing that you will not be able to do the show starting February before you go to the doctor. You're not allowed to. You are not coming to the Super Bowl unless you present to Kevin Kaduk and Jake Flanagan <laughs> that you a clean bill of health. Not I don't care about a clean bill because we all know it ain't going to be clean. But but like <laughs> I, at least you have scheduled a physical. You have a wife and a daughter and the show. So do if you're not going to do it for you, do it for us and them. Thank you. Okay. All right. Carm public service announcement. <laughs> and uh, I'll, let me, let me, uh, as we segue away from that, I got a bunch of stuff on Shane that I want to get out before the end of the show here. Uh, but first our partners, Ray Chevrolet ringing in the new year with their best offer all month long. Make sure you make your way to Ray Chevy on route 12 in Fox Lake. Join in on the savings, start your Ray resolution as one of the top selling Chevy dealers in the Midwest. 
you're always going to be shopping one of Chicago's largest Chevy inventories. Right now, they are making room for inbound 2024 models. So it's a great time to buy. All their current inventory must go. You're going to find the perfect tailgate vehicle at Ray Chevy. Let's do that. They got over 100 new Silverados. Prices starting at under $20,000, $19,495. let us go. Or you can take up to $10,000 off a new 2023 Silverado. How sweet is that? To top it all off, they're pricing over 125 vehicles under 20 grand. Seriously, I mean, come on. Can you get pricing that's more affordable? Head on over there. And by the way, mention CHGO on your visit, and you can schedule an oil change at Ray Chevy in Fox Lake for free. So start your new year off right. Visit Ray Chevrolet in Fox Lake or RayChevrolet.com to start your Ray resolution. They've been serving the community since 1963. Find new roads. You go, you look for a new car, you buy one. Great. You go, you look for a new car. You don't you get a free oil change. I mean, come on. That is good stuff right there. Uh, this is a bad time for Greg to leave, but that's why I have you, I Mark. You. And Mark, did you. you know it's getting easier for business businesses to switch to electric vehicles? That's something we can all get behind and for the health of the planet and for the well-being of all of us who share it. You know I love it, Nick. The electric grid is evolving. It meets to meet your cleaner energy needs as we move with confidence towards an electric tomorrow. Whether you got one delivery van or a whole fleet of shipping trucks, Comet can help guide you to make the changes that make sense. Mark, what so what should businesses owners do to get all those great perks? Well, what they should do is go to comed.com slash clean. You're going to learn more about the resources, the fleet rebates, the infrastructure incentives available to help businesses go electric. If you own a business, don't wait. Start making your plan today to switch to electric vehicles. Good for business, good for the planet, good for all of us. Go to comed.com slash clean. Did you say comed.com slash clean? I hope you just made a doctor's appointment. Yes, go now (laughs) and see how going electric connects us to a better way of doing business and a better future for generations to come. All right. Before we get out of here had to check yeah. on addy she's it's actually the e-learning thing it's annoying like i'm just like either be off school or don't be off school that's how it was in the old days right uh but now they do this e-learning thing but it's actually very cute to watch her just sit there in class and like doing her thing so my heart melts a little bit that's the greatest kid of all time and uh let's just get you gotta get a get a flow with the punches so have you heard of red shirt junior Rob Blanchflower? Do you know who that is? <laughs> no. Mm-mm. Sounds like sounds like somebody from the the Nickelodeon show Hey Dude. Listen, there's a lot of content out there on Shane Waldron, but you're only going to get this here on CHGO Bears. Nick, do you know who Rob Blanchflower is? I do not. AKA B Flower, you don't. All right. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of Mike Wegzin and AJ Doyle? No. Well, and you're not alone because no one else has that we're talking to right now. But in Shane Waldron's first season at UMass, those were the tight ends. And if you go back and look, Blanche Flower, career high in receptions, 43, career high in receiving yards, 464, career high in receptions per game, 4.3, yards per game, 46.4. This was under Shane Waldron's guidance. And by the way, he also had a 10 catch, 
100-yard game in the season finale, getting better as the year went along. He became UMass's first tight end ever to have 100-plus yards receiving in 14 years. Blanche Flower put UMass on the map, and so, he's on the map because of Waldron. Waldron, Blanche Hour, Flower, Bears, B. Flower, S. Waldron, Nicholas Moriano, Greg Braggs, Adam Hogue, Lawrence Benedetto, Will DeWitt, Kevin Kadak, Jake Flanagan, <laughs> Super Bowl Bears. All right, so we now have to get Blanche Flower on the show. That's <laughs> what this get, means. Oh, yeah, for sure. We got to run down Blanche Flower. And we, we got also to, we got to run down Jeff Samarja, who was at Notre Dame with Waldron. But I mean, Blanche Flower was it? He was in the room. And if I, I mean, come on, tell me seriously, we got to get Blanche Flower. You're absolutely right, Blanche Flower. Well, unless he's in consideration to be the tight ends coach, we don't. But that's not off the table. Well, where is where is Blanche Flower? Seriously, <laughs> what is Blanche Flower doing? Investigative journalism, right here. Let's we're gonna find him. I, we need to run down Blanche Flower. Philip Pizzatola. Someone stop him, please. <laughs> <laughs> what was his first name? What's Blanche Flower's first name? It doesn't matter. <laughs> it, it absolutely matters, and you need to know this. So I, you okay. will take that back. His name is Rob. Rob Blanche Flower. <laughs> Can we call him Bob, though? You know, Robert. No, we cannot. Bob. His name is Rob. We were going to show Bob, Blanche Flower. The pro- Bob Blanche. Hiya, Bob. Bob, Bob, Blanche Flower. It's out of this Chicago. Come on. Who on this on this podcast is going to get Blanche Flower? Do I have to do it on my own like I do everything he was around here? a seventh-round pick by the Steelers. There you go. Uh, he walled – this dude would not I – didn't, I didn't see. That's a good job, Nick. I didn't go that far. Blanche Flower would not have been drafted without Waldron, which is why we have Waldron, and we're going to win the Super Bowl. Gary's in the chat saying, Jim Dre is the tight end coach, Braggs. He didn't get fired. Well, guess what, Gary? We I've fired Luke Getze on this podcast, and we're now firing Jim Dre. We, we're we going, we're bringing in Bob Blancheflower. Rob. His name is Rob. Bah, and, Rob. and we fight. Arthur we in the chat says Bob is cooler. I tend to agree. We're going to have to work this out with, with Blancheflower. See well, how he see where he stands on it. I mean, has there ever been a better name in the history of podcasting and football than Blancheflower? You telling me that's elite. The, the, the flower is gonna bloom right here. Two in the two two in the hand is worth two, what was that thing? One in the hand is worth two in the bush. Two in the bush is worth one in the hand. <laughs> one in the flower. What did we say the other day? Well, I said two in the hand is worth one in the fist. You said two in the <laughs> hand is worth one in the bud. I think it was uh, the one not- in the hand is worth two in the bush. One in the Lawrence, head. You, I know you know, and I know you're. I know you're. You're. You're aggressively he's with. Head. He's withholding. Straight withholding. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not, not getting not involved. This is just ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> you don't do it. So yeah, now we need to. You know, one in the hand is worth two in the Blanche flower. Hold on. Two I'm in the hand it. is worth one in the bush. Is that what it is? Two <laughs> in the hand is worth one in the bush. Two in the yeah. hand is worth one in the Blanche flower. That's right. Blanche flower yeah. bears. He's on like Instagram. This is He's on Instagram. I'll send him a DM. All right. There yeah, we go. Let's we seriously let's 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 try to, if we can get Blanche Flower on the show. Hey, today, Nick, when you do we're in town. Nick, when you do go, yo, Blanche Flower. Need you on <laughs> need you on C8. That's that's the delivery you gotta you go by Bob. Yeah, I got it. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about Bob? He's, He's got, got a website. What? He's got a website, blancheflower.com. He wants to come on. Of course, he, 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 he. So we're getting him. We're don't construction listen, don't, company. 
Don't he, tell he worked, He's a construction company. Rick don't tell Rick, Sylvie. Don't tell, don't tell anyone. We're getting Blanche Flower and no one else is. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Uh, Super Chats. Nine ninety nine. Chris Piguero. Perm. Don't mention a loser town like Deerfield again. I hate them. Hard football rivalry. Chris, did you? are you in a Highland Park guy? HP Deerfield. Quick, uh, uh, quick thing about Deerfield. Uh, we played them my senior year of high school, and we botched the snap for an extra point. And I was the the holder, and so I had to run outside of the pocket with all these guys chasing me. And I found one of my one of our H backs in the back of the end zone. And before I was about to get annihilated through the ball, we won eight to seven that game because of a botched. Watch snap, fire, fire, fire. Roll left, throw over the defender in front of him, lays it right in the bread basket. Walk you were the back. holder and threw a two-point conversion for the victory? For the victory. I got interviewed that game, and it's so funny. Like, oh, wow, this guy's interviewing me. Now I do that. But, yeah, I was uh, never forget that. Very nice. Yeah, I, how, did we, how did it take till January the 23rd, 2024? We've been working together for a year and a half for you to bust out the greatest play in special teams history. Does Adam Hogue know this? I don't think he does. It, was, it all happened on, you know, it was just all spontaneous, and I'm glad that our team actually remembered the play because uh, the only reason I played quarterback my freshman year is because uh, nobody can remember plays but me. But, yeah, that was, a, that was a good special teams play. That was one of our three games that we won that year. Were you the freshman quarterback or the JV quarterback or the varsity quarterback? No, only freshman. Then I played receiver the last three years. Okay. And holder. And holder. Yep. Made someone a lead athlete on the show. Uh, $5 from Butthead. What's up, Butthead? Uh, I'm from Deerfield. Go Warriors. HP hates losing at Adams Field. Okay. So I grew up in Highland Park. So I, I know the rivalry. Uh, very well and um, by the way this is this is um, with all due respect to HP and Deerfield this is not the top of the mountain of of, of, of high school football let's be real here um, but Deerfield when I was a kid Deerfield was like the Packers back then they were mm-hmm. uh, it, it, they were it's from a, like a Highland Park standpoint like you we hated them but then they were they were huge and they'd come out in these red and white uniforms and they looked like I mean they looked like an NFL team back then to 10 year old Carm um, and then I went there to do a uh, a, a play-by-play broadcast um, for a network that I'm not going to name. And I tried to get info from both, like the, the from one of the Highland Park coaches. He's like, yeah, we can't tell you that. I'm like, I'm on a broadcast that no one's listening. No one cares <laughs> about this sad-ass rivalry. Just tell me what you're going to do so I have something to say on this stupid thing, you jerk. All right. Um, <laughs> Kyle Cockjohn. 
I think that's a real name. Nine ninety nine from Cock John, my guy. Sup, guys? Thinking about traveling. Will you back up from the mic, Jesus Christ? <laughs> I got excited for Cock John. <laughs> Sup, guys. I'm thinking about traveling to Chicago to watch the draft in the best city in the world. What bar would you recommend for the best experience? Well, we'll tell you because, you know, stay tuned for our announcements for where we are going to have our draft party. We had a draft party last year for the first round on Thursday night and then the second and third round on Friday night. Uh, last year, we did it at Joe's on Weed Street, a uh, famous bar here in Chicago. And uh, this year, you know, we haven't made any official details of where it'll be. Uh, but stay tuned for those updates because I'm sure they'll be coming uh, sooner rather than later with the draft uh, approaching. I mean, what are we, 93 days away from the draft? So um, that announcement should come at some point. So just make your plans, come to Chicago, and then just hold off, and you can come out and hang with us, CHGO Bears crew, while the draft is going on and celebrate, you know, an exciting night in Chicago. So, um Oh, okay, Chris Figueroa, four ninety nine. Maine West versus Deerfield, twenty seven to twenty twenty was peak rivalry. There you go. That's a, that's mm. um, <clears throat> Central Suburban League North, baby. Let's go. Um, people, All right, but, in, but hold on, but, hold on. People, people put in the chat your favorite bars in Chicago. I, I'm not. I'm honest. That's what I was gonna say. I wanted to hear your favorites since you're the guy that lives directly in the city. His total anarchy is mad at me now for not giving him any recommendations. Just wanted to make him aware of the draft party anarchy. Why don't you come out too? Yeah, anarchy. Um, <laughs> I don't ha like in one of the places that we went that I do like a lot uh, in in Old Town. I I I enjoy the fireplace in as a good environment for games, but. If I were you, I would just, I, I don't, I don't have, I don't, honestly, I'm not, I'm not a great go out and watch in a bar guy to answer the question. Mm -hmm. So Carm, you know, likes to ride around on the, the, the bus, the Metra and talk through the window. He doesn't go to bars. That's basically what. Okay. The Metra is not the bus. The Metra is a train. <laughs> I said the bus or the Metra. Okay. okay. <laughs> That's what I'm yeah. saying. All right. Thank you. Can I just uh, make my jokes? Jeez. Yeah, there right by the United Center. There's also what is it called? Uh, the stadium. I like that place too. Um, just because I feel like I'm back in time. All right. Listen. Uh, reminder: We are at Midtown Athletic Club in Bannockburn on Thursday. We would love to see all of you out there. Matt Nagy, if you show up, we'll give you a hug. Um, Lions guy, congratulations on being there. Let me just as we close out here. Seven point underdogs. Dan Campbell is like crying in the locker room, telling his guys that they can win this game. Who's who thinks Detroit's going to get this done? And are you and are either of you rooting for the Lions? Because I am one. I am. I'll, I'll say it right now. I am one thousand percent rooting for the Lions. I hope Detroit wins the game. It's a way more fun story. We're going to the Super Bowl. It'll be sweet regardless for sure. But Detroit would be such a better deal and more interesting. And so I would Bears like. fans don't care about what you're going to be reporting on at the Super Bowl. I, yes, uh, they do. Yes, they no, do. they don't. No, they don't. Um, it's all to me about Debo Samuel's availability. If he cannot play or he's very limited, I, I think Detroit wins this game. If Debo is who Debo is, 
then that's a wrinkle of their offense that was missing last week against Green Bay, which puts Brock Purdy behind the microscope to be mm-hmm. better than maybe what he's capable of. And so, you know, that that to me is the biggest factor. Detroit's hot right now um, on both sides of the ball, really. So uh, I, if Debo is limited or cannot play, I'm taking the Lions in this game. I'm leaning 49ers right now, you guys. I, I want to see that pass. For, and obviously, the Lions have a very good offensive line. I think that's where the game will be won and lost, whether the 49ers pass rush can get home. And because if it doesn't, Jerichoff's going to carve you up, especially in the middle of the field. Personally, I think I'd rather see the 49ers in the Super Bowl. I want to talk it up with George Kittle, Iowa connection there. So that's just me. But I do think it's going to be won and lost in the trenches there. Well, shout out to George Kittle, who, you know, beats the Packers so that in one of his interviews to say it bear down. That was, was like a, that's, a, that's a clip from four years ago, Carm. Welcome. To no, the- you just said it again, dude. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. You're sure. Yes. Finley just retweeted an old thing. Yes. Well, I didn't get it just from Finley. It doesn't matter where you got it. We're just trying to help you out. Okay, it's a fine. clip from four I, I, years right. ago. Whatever. Fine. He's a diehard Bears fan regardless. I don't care. He said it four years ago. Great. Whatever. <laughs> It made it made it back into the ether again, and I got tricked. No problem. It won't be the. It's certainly not gonna be the. It wasn't the first time. Ain't gonna be the last. All it's right. Like when you got tricked by AI, that was good. Don't make that face. <laughs> listen, listen. I, I tricked by AI. Yeah, you're right. No, listen. You're you're better. Your how's this? I'm gonna be. I'm gonna take the. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here better, we go. You're, you're better at life than me. You're a more. You're a bigger. Backhanded compliments. You're, here we go. Let's get them all out of your system you're, now. You're, you're a better Bears fan. You're you're a more caring person. We're trying to protect you from looking like a bigger moron than you already you're, do. You're, you're <laughs> always looking out. You're just you're doing everything you can for me i for forever you know what I, you're looking I, out for my health and i'm looking out for your moronic reputation I, right right and listen i i don't know how i made it in this business for 20 years without you but i won't i can't do another day without you by my side so thank yeah. you well, so you're in, much you're in a new world now grandpa old media's I would I'd be in the river just <laughs> not even swimming if I hadn't met you but you're carrying me you're along in the, you're in the new me, you're in the new right, world with right. the kids wearing the backwards hats okay I, so gonna, try to keep go, up grandpa I'm gonna go back and, and re-watch the show and learn how to ask a three-minute question over you, and over you ask Carm, you literally do run the show back and listen to your three-minute questions. You are I, out of your mind. I, 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 maybe, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and rewatch so oh. I learn how to ask a six-minute question. Because if I'm going three, you're six. Hey, and- hey, Brandon, he I got the one. That's a great question. I got that one. You didn't get that one. Exactly. I got that one. Exactly, because you're the best at everything, and you're my hero. All right, hit the like button on the way out, and for real, we need diehards. So please, sorry. if I'm if sorry, you, Nick, but you have to be a part of this. If you if you if you <laughs> if you have to uh, save money for things of more importance, I get it. But if you got that disposable <laughs> income and you love the show, we'd love you to become a diehard, and we promise to give you back 13 times the value. Uh, thank you to Brandon Gustafson for joining us. That was awesome. Fun to be with you guys today. Fun to watch the chat today. Lord Crimson, I know you miss Hogue. Hopefully he's back tomorrow. But whenever he's back, he misses you too. Know that, Lord Crimson. Um, thanks for everybody for being here. It's always a fun show. And yeah, we're back tomorrow at noon. Come out to Midtown on Thursday. Gregory, Nick, who wants the last word? Nick, why don't you say goodbye to everybody? 
Uh, I don't I don't know how to top everything that was just said earlier, but everyone enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. We'll see you tomorrow at noon. Great show, boom. Whoa, whoa, whoa. City like the mayor. 